the opportunity to do an evening service is kind of cool, you know. Uh, I bet you that you guys said, man, I didn't know how good looking guy that was when the lights were loud. That's where you guys go. Ah, all right. Yeah. Nevertheless, you know what? We love having fun. We love praising the Lord. Hey, there you are. That's good. Um, and, and man, we welcome you guys here because it's a great time. You know, a lot of times we were kind of debating, man, do we do it? Um, do we do it Christmas Eve or do we do it Christmas Day? And I guess it really doesn't matter as long as you're praising the Lord. Amen. Um, tonight we thought, you know, if we did it tonight, it'd be an opportunity to do something a little different. We're all about doing something a little different, you know, testing the water and stretching out for Christ. So we welcome each and every one here. And, and like I said, what a special time to come to worship tonight. I mean, this is really when our redemption story really starts to become vivid, man. You know, getting skin on it. Coming to life, and that's so awesome when we start to see what we wanted to do. And I was praying about this, well, what message should we do? And so often we see at Christmas time people just focus on the birth of Christ, which is miraculous and amazing. But they leave Jesus in the manger for the rest of the year. But I got some good news tonight. We're going to look at the life of Christ. Amen. Jesus as the Son of God, the Son of Man, and the Savior of the world. Miss Tanya just read a little bit from the passage of Luke 2, 8 through 14. But I want you to tell you this tonight, that this is the greatest love story ever told. You know, a lot of times people think the church is boring. They ain't never been here. We've never had anybody fall asleep yet. And I haven't had too many people injured in the process. But it's okay. (laughs) We have a great time. But you know what I hope tonight is, is that we can take a few minutes out of a busy schedule, push away all the stuff, all the junkness in the trunk, just leave it there, and come in here with an open heart to hear what God's got for us. And as we look at how God is amazing and how God unpacks his love story into each one of our lives, to just just make it just what it needs to be for you, give you just what you need. See, it's always when we think about Christmas, we think about gifts. But I'm going to tell you what, you can get all the gifts in the world. But I pray tonight that you get the gift of the love of God, which is his son. And you grab hold of that by faith. Amen. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. This is where the supernatural hits the natural. And we see a miraculous thing happen. I mean, right out of the shoot, we see the miraculous already ready to go through the powerful truth of his birth. And then we're going to take a look at the son of man as he walks on earth. And then we're going to bask in the glory of the word of God as the savior of the world as we see him. Because God displays his love. Through the birth of Christ to this lost and dying world. So that's what we're going to look at, how this miraculous thing came to be. Amen? So if you got your notes with you, we're going to give you a chance to write a few things down. And we're going to cut through this thing. And I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. We talked about the miraculous, right? If we look at this here, Luke 1, 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. The Son of God. That right there ought to be enough to get us listening to what God has for us. When he gave his very best for us. Right from the conception we see that God is providing for his family. He has a plan to redeem us back from that fallen state. And place us back in a proper um, family position with him. Right? That's what we're going to be looking at there tonight. So I want you to see in the beginning that this is a miraculous thing. And we're going to build on this thing. We're going to get momentum and momentum on this thing. And when you guys live here, leave here tonight, you're going to learn how to live with that in your heart. Amen? Very good. Prophecy. Now, we hear a lot about this, but I'll just start stacking the facts together when I was doing this thing. And the Lord was just really working in my life on this. See, right here, we look at this, the virgin birth. It was already talked about, prophesied in Isaiah 7, 14, which was about 700 years before Jesus hit the scene as a man, right? 
We all know that he was in the beginning, right? We all know that he was the creator of the universe, right? But this is where he comes up on the scene for me and you, right? Out of the very beginning, he's working things together for the good for us. But now we're getting to, to see people and hear from people that actually got to hug him and touch him and see that, right? There we go. This is something else I want to put in. It's unmistakable when it starts to unfold. And you're going to be able to say that tonight. This is unmistakable. Not unbelievable. Unmistakable. Amen. So we're doing this with the prophecy. He said that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. That's in Micah 5, 1, 2. And I always want to give you the Bible references because that's the way you rivet it into your heart. That's where you say, oh, what did Buddy say? Buddy said, because that's what God said. That's what I want the best for you. So the best way to get things to you is to give it through, through God's word. Amen. So right out of that, we start seeing how he's a provider. All right. Over and over and over. Very good. So he, so he gives us the, gra- the geographical location. He doesn't want us to miss one thing that he's got for us. He comes from the tribe of Judah. This is out of the prophecy of Genesis 49, 10. 1,400 years before Jesus comes on, on the scene. Right? He's given the backdrop of his heritage, right? And he keeps his promises. He says the Messiah would be a descendant of David all the way back in Jeremiah 23, 5. And this is what I love here. Even after he goes through the family tree. And it isn't amazing. I talked about it a few weeks ago when you read through your Bible and you start reading all these names and all these things. And I remember the first time I read through the Bible thinking, man, why do I need to know this? And then as I start growing in the Lord a little bit, I start seeing more and more why God wanted to show me about these things. Because a lot of times I was thinking, wow, I just don't measure up. You ever feel like that? Man, who in the world could I be? Lord, how could you call me to preach? You know my background. You know my front ground. You know everything. Man, how could that be? He said, I'll take you right where you are. And you know what? When I look back through the Bible, that's what he did over and over and over. You look at the family tree of Jesus and you see every type of people that you'll see every day in this world. And God says, you know what? My sacrifice is good enough for all of us. Would you receive it? Isn't that great? So look at this. This is where we're going right here. Ultimately, it's the divine love story. Now, many of us know this familiar scripture. And hopefully you can see it from where you're at. I want you guys to read along with me here. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And right here, I want to just slow down for a second. And I want you guys to just visualize this. I want you to just go ahead and take a look at this. And we're going to pull something together here. I believe it's going to bless you. That's you, baby. Yeah. 
I say it every week. I say everybody learns different. So we always try to pull that together. And this time, that was a beautiful song. Thank you so much. And we try to pull in all different ways to learn and teach and drive the truth of God's word home. But ultimately, it's always through his word that we're going to see the Son of God. Amen. But we can hear it through prayer and fellowship and all those things. So, you know, as we look at this, I thought when putting this together, we see the Son of God as the Messiah. The prophecies unfolding, the promises are kept, all these things, but why? And I've got several things here, and I apologize that they're a little small this week, but I had so much information, that's the only way I could get it out there. So I'm going to read it to you, and you guys can jot down some notes. And we're looking at this here. Why did he come? To reveal the fall. And Matthew eleven twenty seven says, all things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Father except the Father, the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son. And those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Ultimately, the Holy Spirit is drawing you close. You're not here by accident tonight. It's because you know what? The God has set this time apart for you to come and hear the truth of His Word, for you to come and grow in the grace of God. That's what it's all about, guys. Let's keep rolling with this. He came to be a ransom for many in Matthew 20 28. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many. You know, when we think about and we picture that little baby in the manger, it's hard for us to wrap our minds around that he was born to die. And a lot of things we're going to be talking about tonight is also the death as much as the birth. But we're talking about life. See, he came to give his life for us as a ransom. He came to save the world, John three seventeen. It says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. See, I think that's what happens when people get burnt by religion. We're never talking about religion. We're always talking about a relationship. Because religion tells you all the things you can't be, all the things you can't do, and the list gets longer and longer and longer. And what happens is, before it's coming out to be a hand up, it becomes a hand that knocks you back down going, man, I can never measure up. We think about the Ten Commandments. Man, don't steal. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know what I mean? Don't worship idols and all these, all these things. You go, man. And the Bible says if you break one, you broke them all. But see, the law was not given for us to measure up to it. That's what I say. It was given so we would know that we need to save it. Did that make sense? He gave us that so we would know how much we need this Savior. Amen? To preach the good news of the kingdom of God. But he said, I must preach the good news for the kingdom of God of God to the other towns also because this is why I was sent. See, he wants us not to just sit on the good news. He don't want us to get he doesn't want us to get the package and just hold it close to our heart right here and never take it out. He wants us to go into the highways and the byways. He wants us to put it on Facebook. Right? Yeah, not an amen there. Come on. He wants us to shoot it from the you know, shout it from the housetops in whatever ways we can. That doesn't mean we beat people up with it. That means we just love them where they are. We just love them right where they are. And that's exactly what God did for you and me and everybody else. He's got some long arms and a loving heart. To testify the truth. That's another reason that's why. Right? John 18, 37 says, you are the king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you are right in saying I'm the king. In fact, for this reason I was born. And for this I came into the world to testify the truth. Think about that. It was a death sentence that produced life for everybody. And like I said, as much as we're talking about the birth and we talk about the death, 
Don't forget, we're going to have the miraculous when we see him as the savior of the world. Amen? Got a couple more here. Think about this. How would you like to, to walk into this? He was born to die and destroy the power, Satan's power. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in the humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. He came to overtake the devil. We got victory in Jesus through what he did. We can stomp on the devil, right? To destroy the devil's work. He who does what is sinful of the, is of the devil. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. He came to seek and save which was lost. That's us. And destroy the works of the devil. That's what he has us to do. See, when we, by faith, say, Lord, you know, today I understand my sinful nature. Lord, come into my life and forgive me of my sin. Help me to walk this out, Lord. I believe you are the Son of God who died and paid the price for me. And we grab hold of that, right? And the Spirit of the Lord comes in our life and he empowers us. He gives us the guidelines. He helps us to walk out what God has already said in his word. He's gone before us, amen? We talked a little bit about the law. We talked a little bit about the Ten Commandments. He said, to fulfill the law and the prophets, that's why, why did I come? Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come to abolish them. Excuse me, to abolish them, but to, I did not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Sorry, guys, I'm looking at it sideways. He came to fulfill the law. He came to do what no one else could do. He did it for us, amen? So we continue to look at this. He came in to carry our sins upon his back, right? And pay the payment, the, the payment in full for each one of us. But we have to receive that. Just like gifts under your tree this, this weekend. It doesn't really do you any good unless you open it up and you receive that gift. It can stay there year-round and you never know what you had. You know what? You can hear this message over and over, but until you receive that in your heart by faith, it's just good information. We wanted to go from good information to God lives in you. Amen? That's what we're talking about here. Here we go. So to give a life. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that I may have life, that they may have life and have it in full. Some says in abundance, right? And then the 28th verse comes in and says, I give them eternal life and, and they, have, they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. Think about that. If there's one question I get asked over and over and over and over, it's about losing your salvation. Let me tell you, God is an awesome God and God holds the key to your salvation. He's the author and finisher of that. When we put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus, he says, no one can pluck you out of my hand. My Father has given you to me. It's by faith. So I want you to understand, if you're here tonight, you say, man, you know, I used to go to church, and I've done this, and I've done that, and all that. You know what? Just turn around and say, Lord, forgive me. Come, come let's, let's walk this out. How many like second chances? How many likes fresh starts? How many likes the great gifts? They're all here, right here tonight. I pray that you unpack them and unwrap them. By faith tonight. Amen. I want to move on over to the son of man. We talked a little bit about the son of God. The amazing and miraculous. Now I want to talk a little bit about this. The son of man. Why did he come? And think about this. He came to identify with us. I want to read a few things here. You know what? Jesus used that term to refer to himself more than any other term in the Bible when he was talking. Right. 
88 times you find it in the New Testament he talks about referring to himself son of man because he was identifying with us, right? The son of man description was a messianic title. Jesus was the one who was given dominion and glory and a kingdom. When Jesus used this phrase, he was proclaiming himself as the Messiah and validating the prophecy that he had been told, that had been told. The truth was this, that grace was in front of us, that the truth of God's word had become flesh and it was upon us. And this is the reality. Jesus was revealing God to us. Amen? Take a look at this. This is why I get excited, man. This is, this is why I get excited when I think about the things going on in the world and the things going on in my life and the things that I hear going on in your life. Check this verse out. Hebrews 4, 14 and 16 says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest, which is Jesus, who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let's just hold right there. He identifies with us. I might not understand what you're going through. You might not understand what I'm going through. But God sent his son to walk out this relationship in perfect relationship and obedience to the father's will to the point of death. So that he could identify with his children. Isn't that amazing? You know, when we've talked about different testimonies, I might not be able to understand uh, if, I, if I didn't have a money problem. Or if I've never lost a, a, a loved one. Or, or things like that. But once you go through it, let me tell you. You got some compassion for other people when they go through it. Is that a good place to say amen? And not that any of us want to go through that. But when we do, guess what? God takes those things. He doesn't cause those things. God takes those things. Romans 8, 28 says, He works all things together for the good of those who are called according to His purpose and love and right. So when we look at that, we see God working in the midst of some tough times. Now, this is, a, this is probably the, the truest statement that you're going to hear uh, uh, when we think about this situation. Do we learn more from tough times or do we learn more from good times? Unfortunately, in my life, it's been the tough times. And sometimes when things are going good, I just go, Lord, I just want to tell you, I appreciate this. You know? If y'all ever watch me in my praise mobile, <laughs> I have not been drinking. I've been praising the Lord. I'm thinking, you know, man, God, you have just been so good to me. And I'm going over the line, and the Holy Ghost give me back in the lane. You know? And I'm thinking about the things that God has done for my life and for my family and for my friends and providing in ways that are miraculous. And then I think, man, when I blow it, Lord, I go back to this. And I keep holding on to the faith that I profess. And I understand that I have a high priest, an advocate, one sitting on the right-hand side of God saying, he's ours. He's covered with the blood. He's been purchased. Now get back in the game and let's walk this thing out. Look at this here. This next verse in 16 says this. Let us then approach God's throne of grace. On what? Grace. With confidence. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Sounds like he knew we might have a little tough time, didn't it? Sounds like he identified with us, didn't he? And you know what? He walked it out. And he says, you know what? The same Holy Spirit that rose, allowed me to rise from the dead on the third day is the same one that you have access when you call on. The one that lives in us. That seals us. Right? And so what I want us to see tonight. See, a lot of times Christmas is a great time for folk, most folks. 
But there's a lot of times people are going through some tough times, and it's not the greatest Christmas for them. I pray tonight, wherever you're at on that, that you take this and let that soak in. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. I pray when you leave here, you have confidence in Christ. So that we may receive mercy. I pray that you receive the mercy that you need from the Lord Jesus Christ. And find grace. Unearned, unmerited favor with God. To help you in the time of need. Because God is just that good. He loves us that much. Take a look at this here. See, we identify with Jesus by grace through faith. That's how we get saved. Right? He says, saved from what? Saved from hell. Saved from death. Right? And, and when we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised him from dead, we are saved. Right? He says, it's by grace you are saved through faith. Not that of yourself, but it's a gift. Isn't it amazing how many times we talk about a gift tonight? Isn't it amazing so much that God is a giver of good things? That God is a giver of life? That God is for you? But see, what happens is the enemy wants to twist that. And he wants you to see God as a taskmaster. You'll do this and you'll do that. Or you'll do this or you won't get that. But let me tell you, it's the greatest love story ever told. See, when you love somebody or something or something like that, what happens? You give to that. You give your time. You give your attention. You give your money. Whatever it may be, you give your energy and your focus to that. God loves you. God loves us. He gave his energy, his focus. He gave his son. And he gave his life. So that we can identify with him. But see, we identify by grace through faith. Check this out. And God identifies with his children through Jesus' sacrifice. See, that's relationship. That's redemption. And that's restoration. See, God is a redeeming God. That's what I love. People say, man, why are you so happy all the time? And most of the time I am. Because you know what? That's playing on my tape. Man, I know where, where I came from in Buckrow. And God's still doing the work. And what I say every week I'm preaching to me first. I couldn't believe y'all didn't jump in on that. I'm preaching to me first. You know what? I might not have it all figured out, but I know what? He does, and I'm going with him. Because it's a, it, our relationship, it takes time. Our relationship is worth it. If, it, it. if it's worth anything, it's worth investing in, isn't it? And God said, you're worth it all. So tonight, when you think you go back and you only got a couple of presents under your tree, or you go back home and you don't even have a tree, I'm going to tell you what you do, God. You got more than enough in Jesus. You got a relationship with Christ. If you so choose to, to, to ask Him into your life, you have redemption. Think about that. Now I'm going to go back. I mention this from time to time. I don't know the, the age in here, but I know at least one person will be able to help me out on this. Do you guys remember those little green stamp books? Don, go ahead, tell them. Yeah, <laughs> Do you remember those little green stamp books and you would save those things? And man, you would go in there and you would go, what was it? Bilo. Right? Remember the billows down there? We go, Bill, I mean, I'll be grabbing all types of cereal and stuff in there. I was like, you're not going to eat that. Yes, I am. He said, you got seven bags. I'm hungry. You know? Because I knew I was going to get the coupon, man. You know? And just wear my mom and dad. I'll be on her leg. Come on, man. Let me at it. Oh, man. So, you know, we'd get a few things, a couple of pork chops, a few things like that. And, man, and then the lady, she did that little, that little thing. And she pulled it, pulled them little coupons out. Oh, man, you just, you'd be sitting there like this, and she pulled them coupons out, and you're thinking, yes. You just rise up, because you're somebody now, because you got the coupons. 
But you gotta have five billion coupons to get like a rubber ball. You know, but you don't see that. So you go to the little place that used to be up there where Harpoon Larry's is, if I remember right, way, way a long time ago. And you would go and your mom would make you lick every one of those things. Man, I'm going to tell you what, you can be high as a kite if you got enough for a bicycle. Licking those things. Yeah, that's good. Well, I don't know if you got enough. Who cares? I don't care. You know, so you get in there. <laughs> you don't care. You're up there and you're looking at all this stuff and you can't say what you want because you got all this stuff on your lips. You like that? I've been licking stamps for two days. My dad said, I think he wants that. I'm going, you know, but see, but it's just like a Chuck E. Cheese. That's a new version, Chuck E. Cheese, right? Y'all remember that. You got you to have five billion things, right? Five billion little tickets. And they said, oh, look at that. He said, I'd like to get the telescope. And they go, well, come on down a little bit. Oh, okay, I'd like to get the black and white TV. Oh, like, come on down. You get a rubber spider. You know? You get a rubber spider, and then your mom won't let you bring it in the house. And then I think I'm like, yeah? Why am I bringing all that up? Because the things that the world offer sometimes look pretty good. And sometimes in that, we find that, man, if I just had one more book of stamps, if I had just one more good shot at Chuck E. Cheese, I'd be the winner. I'm here to tell you about a relationship, about redemption and restoration. You got it all right here, right now. You don't have to lick no stamps. You don't have to throw no balls. You don't even have to get your hair right. Jesus said it's about your heart. It's about your heart. And that's how it identifies with us. We identify with God through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ by grace you saved through faith. And God says, you know what? I identify with you through him. It's communication. It's a relationship. That wasn't even in the notes. I don't know where that came from. It must have been God working through the, the green book stamps. Amen? Amen. We're going to pick up some steam. See, that's the son of man. Can you imagine that? That you're walking this out. God's, God's only son is walking this out in perfect relationship. You say, yeah, but he was God. You're right. And he was man too. Fully man, fully God. And we're walking this out. And he's being obedient to the point of death. And God says this. He does this. And what does he do? He always gives glory to his father. You see that? We always want to grab all the glory. Yeah, yeah, we're doing real fine over there. Yes, we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. If I keep eating, I'm going to need a bigger pulpit. You know? We think we're doing so fine. We're doing this. We're going to the gym and doing all the. Look at me. And then, man, the lights come on a little bit brighter. And you go, wow. I'm still a work in progress. It's okay. God takes you right where you are. And see, you know what? If we can just see what God sees in our life. If we could just see what God says you can be, man, let me on the bus. I'm ready. So I hope today as we walk through the miraculous seeing what God has done for us, provision through his son Jesus Christ as the birth of the child, right? As we celebrate this weekend. And then we see how the obedience of God in the, in the life of Christ as he walks us out, even to the point of submission to death, pours out his blood to purchase us back from our sin. And then we see him as the savior of the world. Amen. Check this out. You might have to get over here because I can't see it. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19, it says, And all these things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, if you don't know what that word is, talk to somebody that's been divorced. They'll say, uh, it's, it's, we can't reconcile this. Or God will jump in and say, yes, you can reconcile this. Fix it. Make it right. What does he say? Who has 
reconciled us to himself. We're made right now with God because of what Jesus did. Amen? Y'all will be louder, man. Stopping out here or something. And he says, whereas God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. Love this part. I wish Thomas was on the drums. Not imputing their trespasses. Translation, buckler translation. Not counting your sins against you. Right? And putting the and putting the word of reconciliation in us. He said, man, why do you get so excited? Why do I spend so much time at food line? Because I see somebody needs Jesus, I just stop everything. Don't matter. I say, hey, man, what's up? How you doing? They say, do I know you? I said, I don't know. You know, I'll start hanging out. And then they go, they go, you used to play in a band, didn't you? I go, oh, I got them now. Yeah. Yeah. What band? I said, I don't know which one, which one was it. I played in a lot of them. And now, now we got some common ground. And I start telling them about how God's working in my life and how God's still working in my life and how God still needs to work in my life. But one thing's for sure, I'm securing Christ because he's already paid the price, amen? But that ministry of reconciliation, I want to share that with somebody else. I get excited about that. I mean, I will talk about Jesus in a drive-thru in a minute. People put boop, 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 boop. I'm like, oh no, I gotta tell them about Jesus. We're back there sharing the truth of God's word. Amen? Let's take a look at this. Acts 4.12 says this. There is salvation in no one else. Aren't you glad? Because if it was, you picked the wrong one, you'd be in trouble, right? He took the guesswork out of it. He said, Jesus, he said, he's the one, right? God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Ever since the boys was little, I told myself, look, I'm going to tell y'all something. Just like huddling up. I said, I don't care what's going on in your life. If something bad's going down, Scream out the name of Jesus. They said, what? They thought they were going to say, if you need it, daddy's coming. Oh, you know, I'll do my best, but I can't be everywhere. Jesus can. You know what? I might not be able to bail you out of this, but Jesus can help you work through it. Whatever it is, keep that name above all names, right? What does it say? God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Let me tell you, that's power in the name of Jesus, all right? John 14, 6. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I always say, aren't you glad that there's only one way? Just like I said a minute ago, you can't miss it, right? We don't want you to miss it. God wants you to hear the truth tonight and cling on to his son. Amen? Oh, man, y'all going to get me cranked up now. When I was preaching this to my couch last night, let me tell you. I know my neighbor said, oh, he must have service tomorrow. Because if the wind is cracked up, I said, goodness gracious, man, I get excited about it. I'm thinking, more than conquerors. See, people say, who do you think they are? Who do you think you are? This is me. Let me tell you about this. It's not me. It's about Jesus. I'm going to tell you a story. She don't even know what's coming up. Today, I went to the Farm Fresh, and I said, I'm going to get some shrimp. We got some friends coming over, family coming over. I got that. As soon as I ordered that shrimp, I said, man, my mother-in-law loves that shrimp. I said, I called her down. I said, hey, Grandma. Yeah. You got room for some shrimp? First words, my God is so good to me. Right? You're thinking, well, gosh, is the woman starving? No. She recognizes the provision of her God, even in the small things, even if it worked through her son-in-law. Isn't that amazing? She says, and, and another friend come on, she likes seafood. And another friend brought her some other seafood. She said, I've been waiting for seafood. I've been praying about that. I said, Lord, if you'd like me to have that, I sure would like to have it. But you know what? I love it. Thank you so much. Got seafood coming out of her ears, right? And I'm thinking, guess what? I ain't too busy tomorrow. I can come over and see Because <laughs> she will share. 
But you know what? We're more than conquerors. But see, sometimes we've got to look at it in the small things. We want to see the miraculous. We all do. And sometimes we do see it. We've just seen it tonight when we looked at the birth of Christ, right? And we start looking around at different things. Man, you know what? You being here is amazing. God said, you know what? I'm going to draw his people in. I'm going to draw my people in to hear that truth. You know what? That's how good God is. Amen? Let's take a look at this here. Let's click this again. There we go. Oh, I love this. If you guys ever get down, if you guys are going to take some notes, if you don't take any more notes than this, write this down. If you ever get down, read Romans chapter 8. I was in the gym the other day, and I thought, you know, I, I might be meeting Jesus real soon. I'm on this thing. And this young guy's like 20 years old. He's probably running. He's doing this. He's doing all this. He goes, hey, I see you here a lot. I go, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'm thinking, man, don't make me say yes or just yes or no. You know? And I've been talking to this guy. He goes, man, I come here every day. I think, how old are you? That'll change. <laughs> so I'm there. And I start talking to him. I say, man, what's going on in your life? And he starts talking to me. I said, man, let me tell you about Jesus. He says, I know the Lord. And now we're sitting there, everybody, and we're getting loud. He said, man, I know God is so good, isn't he? I said, yeah, he's good. He said, God gave me this job I got. Really? He said, I work a lot, but I pray for it. I said, that's amazing. And so now I was saying, hey, 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 buddy, hey, buddy. I said, yeah. He said, what's for homework? What's for homework? See, every time I see him, I say, I got a little homework for you, buddy. I said, Romans chapter 8. I hadn't seen him since then. He said, is that a good one? I said, that's a good one. I said, that's a good one, man. Read that. I said, it's all good. You know what they say? It's all good. I always want to say, oh, it's all good. I'm thinking the Bible. It's all good, right? But you know what? Who would think running with my tongue hanging out that I'd be able to get to witness to this young boy? You know what? He encouraged me, you know, because he's over there. I'm thinking, okay, somebody's here to identify the body, you know? But you know what? And he's speaking to them back in my life. He says, you know, I read what you gave me last week. Isn't that amazing? You know what happened on my job today? And he'll start telling something about that. See, God's already gone before us. It's amazing when we tune in to the things of God that you start seeing the things of God. But if you don't read the word and you're not sitting under the teaching of the word, you, you will miss out on some blessings, all right? Now, we don't just do that for the blessing, like what is in it for me, but it works from the inside out. And that's how God is working in this thing. See, we don't give here. Say, look, man, I'm going to really impress you, God. Here's 10 bucks. We say, God, you know what? It's all yours. What would you have me to do? How would you have me to serve? And then we go later on and we say, man, you know what happened to me today? And God has worked that blessing back into another life. It's amazing. It's amazing when you take a stand for the Lord, how God will take a stand for you. Amen. I'm going to get to the scripture now, Romans 8, 31, 35. All right. Everybody's homework was what? Romans 8. Very good. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? That's a good place to say amen. There we go. <laughs> he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all. How will he not also along with him? Graciously give us all things. Who will, bring a, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Jesus Christ who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? 
And I want to tell you something, guys. A lot of times we feel like we've, we've chiseled ourselves away from, from that relationship by poor decisions, right? By, by making some terrible mis- mistakes and things like that. But I'm going to tell you, God is a redeeming God and God is a restoration God. So if you're here tonight, you're thinking that your mistake's too big, then you're not viewing Jesus or who he is. Amen. If you're thinking what you did last week or last night or whatever it was is so bad that the blood of Christ can't take it away. You're not looking at the Jesus of the, of the Bible because he says, I can take away all sin. And that's what I want you to hear today. That's the gift, gang. That's the gift. That's the gift of the Savior of the world. I'm going to take a look at this here. I've got a few notes and it's kind of dim over here, but I'll work with it. Let us see the fullness of God's plan displayed in the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Jesus, the Savior of the world, I want you to have confidence tonight in Christ and who you are in Christ. God looked at your life and said, you're worth it. You're worth it. You're worth it. I want us to understand that we have position in Christ as a child of God. You have authority and you're heir to the throne. Remember, it's to come boldly to the throne of grace. That means it's like, you know what? This is my father's house. I know when I go to my folks' house, I go with respect. And I go with understanding, but I walk in the place just like I own it because it's home, right? I didn't say being disrespectful, but you know what? I'm welcome there. I pray when you come in here, you felt welcome here. When we step into the presence of God, I want you to know that God says you're welcome there because you know what? I forgave your sin when you call on my, my son, Jesus Christ. Amen. We keep looking at it. I want us to understand that we're grafted into the family through the perfect sacrifice. See, when he comes back again, he's coming as Lord and Lord. Lord of Lords and the Prince of Peace. He's the one. We have peace with God and a home in heaven. We have the Holy Spirit alive in us now to lead, guide, and direct us. And I said this earlier, we're heirs with him. You know, a lot of you guys know that my pops passed away about three months ago. And so I started learning about wills the hard way, right? And this is not a sad story. Just look at this. But when I looked at the wills, I go, that's, that's mine now. And that's my sister's now. And that's my mother's now. Okay, and you said, why are you bringing this up? When someone passes away, that passes on. Jesus passed away and that passed on. But Jesus rose again. And we have victory in that. And he's bringing us along. Did you see that? Did you see that right there? See, when he rose and we put our faith and trust in him, we rise. That's the whole deal, that relationship. It's all about this. It's all about the provision of grace that he's given us, the mercy and the love of God. So today, that's what I want us to do is celebrate the birth of Christ. But not just today, every day. Because Jesus is the Savior of the world. He's the light of the world. You know what? Up at the top of that slide, it said, it is my Father's desire that you receive my kingdom in its fullness. God has unlimited resources for you. But it's not about stuff. It's about the relationship. It's about the unconditional love. It's about forgiveness. It's about freedom. It's about grace. It's about healing. It's about all those things that he bought on the cross. And he says, you know what? I give them to you. No strings attached. Isn't that something? See, because it really isn't a gift. If I give Mike something, I say, well, you know, you can keep that as long as you do this and wash my car. and do No, that's a wage. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. I'm going with the gift, amen? Not that I deserve it, 
but it's offered to me. And you know what? God's touched my heart to say, call on my name. And you know what? I did that many years ago, and I've never regretted that, you know? And that's the God we serve, amen? We have the privilege to walk in the light through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So if you're here tonight, I pray, receive the greatest gift ever. Receive the greatest gift ever. Because that's what he paid the price for. Salvation through Jesus Christ, the light of the world. You know what, guys? I'm going to just hit a couple of high spots here, and then I'm going to pray for you. When we look at the Son of God, we see the miraculous birth of Jesus. We see the, the, the Savior enter in to the world to pay the price for us. When we look at the Son of Man. He modeled the life that we're to live. We see Jesus. We're talking about the stages of Jesus' life when he was here on earth. And then we see the Savior of the world reconciling, conquering death, giving us peace and forgiveness and a fresh start. So if you're here today and you've never called on the name of Jesus, I pray right now that that's your prayer. I want to just ask you to close your eyes. I'm going to pray for you. And uh, I pray that you guys had an amazing time. We're going we're gonna to celebrate a little bit more. But this is where the rubber meets the road right here, guys. This is what it's all about. It's about what Christ did for us. It's about understanding his redemption, that we are bought out of sin and now we're alive in Christ. That's what it's about. So I pray that as we spend a little time here and we pray about this, that you let the joy of the Lord rush over you tonight as you experience the Savior of the world. So if you're here tonight and you've never given your life to Christ, I want you to think about this gift. If you've never received this gift, and I'm going to break it down again. It doesn't cost you anything. It costs God everything. It's not about signing up for church. It's not about giving, going, or anything else. It's about you looking at your condition in your heart right now. And I can help you with a few of these things. You say, well, man, I'm not as bad as the next guy. You know, that may be true on our standards, but God says that you know what? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So you know what? I pray here tonight. If you look at your life and you say, man, God, that just made sense tonight. I need you. If that's you tonight, I'm going to tell you this is your gift. I'm going to unwrap it, but you've got to claim it because God is the one giving it, not me. I'm just, I'm just laying it out there for you. Jesus says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's through Paul writing through the Holy Spirit inspiration. And Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. But if you're here tonight, and, I, and the question was this, if you die tonight, do you know for sure, 100% are you going to heaven? And you can't say, yeah, buddy, I know. And if I was to ask you, you'd say, yeah, buddy, I think so. I'm a pretty good guy. I'll ask you a couple of questions. You're a pretty good guy. Have you ever lied before? Yeah. Have you ever sold anything before? Yeah. Have you ever used the Lord's name in vain? Yeah. Guess what? God's perfect. And he says, if you break one of the Ten Commandments, you broke them all. But that's not the end of the story. Here's the best start of the, part of the story. He says, I'll take you right where you are right now. He says, you know what? I paid the price for every sin in this world. And if you just ask me to forgive you, to your life right here, right now. Receive my gift. So if that's you tonight, with all eyes closed and head bowed, I'm just going to ask you to take a look at your heart, and I want you to answer this question in your heart. If you die tonight, do you know for sure that you go to heaven? And if you're not sure, 
I just want you to look up here at me. And I want you to understand this. I'm just going to pray for you right where you're at. If you're not sure, you can know. Because just what we went over, Jesus says, I will take you right the way you are. So if this is your prayer, this is how you receive and unwrap that gift. You say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. And Lord, today, write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Father, I have done wrong, but I know you will make it right. Today, Lord, forgive me and come into my life in Jesus' name. If that's your prayer, don't leave here tonight without telling somebody. Say, you know, I prayed that prayer with the bucket tonight. Because you know what? That's the greatest gift, salvation. He redeems, he rescues you. And he no longer sees you as a sinner. He sees you as a son because of what Jesus did. Remember we said he's the one that sits on the right hand side of God, steadily interceding. So if that's you tonight, I pray that you receive the greatest gift ever, ever given. Amen. You can look up here for right now. Also, we're going to just take a little time here with this last scripture. John 8, 12 says, As Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. And we thought, you know, how's the best way to bring that home? And we thought, you know what, tonight we're going to do a little illustration. And we're going to do an illustration and we're going to let you guys be a part of that. Each one of you, when you came in here tonight, should have got a candle. And what I want to do is I want to pray for you and then we're going to leave with a song. But I'm going to ask you to just hold on to them. And I want you guys to understand about the greatest gift ever given. I want you to know that you no longer have to be in darkness. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to pass this on. And I'm going to ask you to pass it down and light that. We're going to share a song. And God wants you to continue to shine your light.
guys. It's been a wonderful time. And I want to remind you guys also um, that we have our regular service next week. So we won't be meeting tomorrow. I wish you guys a Merry Christmas. And I just thank you for a wonderful year. And we're looking forward to even greater things next year. Um, we're going to take each one of these candles in just a minute. And we're going to blow it out. But before we do that, I want you to know one, one thing. We're going to put them in the back when you leave. There's a box. Tim's going to make sure you get it. But when we blow this out, I don't want you to think of it being blowing out a candle. I want you to think of that, passing that on, and you keep it burning in your life. And so with a prayer, I'm going to just uh, share and dismiss us. And you guys don't have to rush off. I want to hang out and give you a hug for the, for the holidays. But uh, think about that light. If there's only one candle in here, it chases the darkness away. If you're the only believer in your family, God will use you to chase the darkness away. If you're the only believer at your work, God will use you to illuminate the truth of God's word. So with that being said, Father, we thank you for a wonderful time. We thank you for the miraculous birth of your son. We thank you, Jesus, for walking out a life of love and modeling that for us as the son of man. And Lord, we thank you that not only did you die and pour out your blood for us, but you rose again. And that's where our victory comes from in you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.